Do you want to describe what you're going to do? <laughs> yeah, I'm just clacking my scissors together to make it sound as if I'm pruning a tree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've just been uh, taking off some of the longer shoots of this ligostrum or privet. Oh, like the privet hedge? Yeah, it is a privet hedge. But it looks so much more beautiful. Well, there you go. That's, That's... the art and power of bonsai. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to The Curious Cat, a podcast for the curious and adventurous. My name is Eric Dano and I'm talking from Bonsai Co, which is a shop specialising in bonsai in the North Lane of Brighton. First of all, I'd like to start by exploding the myth that a bonsai is a particular variety of tree. Well done, it isn't. <laughs> I did my homework, especially after I spoke to you before. No, um, in the same way that topiary is the technique used to shape bushes into pyramids, ball shapes, animal shapes, chess pieces and things like that, there isn't a plant called topiary. Similarly, bonsai is the technique used to develop plants into the shapes that you normally think about when you think of a bonsai tree. But there isn't a plant called bonsai. You can bonsai ivy, which isn't a tree, and bonsai rosemary. I've got sage that I've done. Anything that forms woody, twiggy growth can be styled and shaped into either topiary style or bonsai style. The trick is to remember that in doing that, you're not altering what the plant is which in turn means you're not changing what conditions it needs, so always make sure you choose the right plant for the conditions it's going into. Can you tell us a little bit about the techniques that you would use to, to first of all, start growing a tree? Well, you can grow from seed. So you can go to, say, Sainsbury's, buy an apple or a lemon or a pomegranate. A pomegranate's full of seeds, and I've got pomegranate trees for sale now that's coming into flower. Um, but of course, growing from seed, although it gives you more control over the end result, what it doesn't do is work fast. So what you have to do is grow your plant until it gets to have enough material for you to then to shape and style it, and you end up with the size that you want. So I don't know, it's like a, a sculptor. Instead of going out and buying a block of wood, he plants an acorn, waits for it to grow, chops it down when there's enough there and then starts work on it so you, d you don't you've got more control over the end but it takes a hell of a long, lot longer a real commitment yeah um but you don't just start with one you, you have a succession of things so yeah the first eight or ten years are really boring but after that things start coming off the you know the conveyor belt do it from cuttings it's a quicker way of doing it um and i've made one in three and a half hours from an ivy that was in a window box in a skip and it had been thrown away because the, the, the window box had all rotted. So I rescued the ivy with no intention of turning it into a bonsai, got it back here and suddenly realised it had quite a thick stem. I thought, that looks like a trunk, you know. If I chop off the bits I don't want, shorten to the right length the bits that are remaining, coil wire around the remaining branches and position them where I want them to be, shake the soil off the roots and lift it up so the roots are exposed a little bit, that might work. And it did. And I did that 15 years ago and um, it's still outside now. Do you look at the world through bonsai eyes? What does that mean? <laughs> um, what, where everything is small and beautifully formed? No, the, the things have got the potential. You've got the potential oh, to yeah. make something magical and miniature. Yeah. I, I love seeing things that other people have thrown away and thinking, actually, look at that. Look at the base of the trunk. That's really interesting and quite involved and complicated. Yeah, there's a, a book that I sell written by a guy called Harry Harrington, who is a genius. I mean, 50 years of being in the hobby, 
and he's turned my head round. Wow. He dug up a hedge, a privet hedge, from somebody, a friend's garden, because they had to build an extension. And oh, five or six foot high, it must have been, multi-stemmed, turned it into a bonsai. Just by chopping it down to just above where all the interesting bits were, training the new growth into the crown, and then when it was finished, finding a bonsai dish big enough to hold it. And that's the other thing, you don't grow anything and you don't develop anything inside a bonsai dish. Oh, okay. Because otherwise you'll just, you'll just stay a seedling or a cutting because it hasn't got room to expand right. and grow. And in the same way that with a painting, you don't buy the frame, put yes. the canvas in and then paint. Yeah. So fitting uh, the pot to the finished article is like fitting a shoe onto a child. You, you have a pot that's just big enough to hold the root ball, maybe a little bit bigger. And then if it gets pot bound, you have to move it onto a bigger pot until you get the right size. So how do you judge when a bonsai is ready and established then? You have a mental picture in your mind, or artistic people will actually draw a sketch of the sort of thing they want it to look like, bearing in mind what they're trying to create is something that looks a lot older and a lot taller than it actually is. The aim is to create an older looking tree on a much younger plant and that's where the wiring comes in, that's where the pruning comes in because you try to give it the characteristics that you associate with big old trees but we're miniaturising that. So this is really interesting because hearing you talk creativity is such a big part of this isn't it? It's a combination of art and science. Yeah. The art is the sculptural side, that the imaginary images that you create, uh, the scenes you can create. The scientific side is the horticultural side, knowing how plants work, realising that oak trees live outside, if you bonsai it, you can't then bring it inside because it's small. It's not going to happen, it'll die. It's like, buying, it's like buying a water lily and shoving it in a rockery. That's not going to work either. Not that the plants are difficult, it's just that each plant is adapted to certain conditions and you've got to meet them, otherwise it'll fail. And that's why people lose these. So is bonsai, would you say, is that more, that is definitely more on the artistic side to garden? I mean, is, no, is, no, it, no, is no. it gardening or yes. is it something different? No, it, you employ all the techniques you use in gardening. Picture a kitchen garden with a brick wall and someone's trained fruit trees along it. What do they do? They tie wires along, horizontal wires along the wall. They plant the apple tree, the pear tree, the apricot, the peach, whatever, maybe at a slight angle. They then allow the shoots to grow and then they bend them down and tie them to the wires. And that way you create espalier, cordons, uh, fan shape, whatever, whatever it is you're doing. But that's flat, that's two dimensional. With bonsai, you're working three dimensionally. You haven't got a wall to shove it against. So what you do is if you want when you think of older trees, you think of gravity pulling the heavy branches down. Young plants grow upwards, so you take a young branch growing upwards, coil the wire of the appropriate thickness, thick enough to hold it, around the branch, and then you bend the branch into the position and the placement you want it to have. The wire then holds it there. So it's a bit like braces on teeth or curls on hair. It's there temporarily, not to slow down the growth, not to restrict the growth, it's to position the growth where you want it to be. Once it's set, you take the wire off and it'll hold that shape. So it's more like the, the techniques you use are more of a, a, a guiding the growth. Yes. So because, I mean, obviously you will have heard this, you know, when people say, oh, some people say bonsai is a, a cruel 
Oh yes. What do you have to say about oh, today's people? Oh, oh. I got someone good and proper with that. Uh, two ladies came in. Let's just say they were of the, the pearl necklace, the raised collar and the velvet headband brigade. And one of the ladies was quite keen and interested on... She didn't know much about them, but she was interested to learn more. The other one tuttered throughout Ooh. the entire exchange which was uh, getting on my nerves a bit. So I said, oh, well, you, you know, you, you don't like bonsai? And she went, no, it's disgusting. She said, I think plants should be left the way God intended and not interfered with, to, allowed to grow naturally. I said, well, you're obviously not a gardener then. She said, I most certainly am. I said, well, did you have a window box? She said, certainly not, I have a five-acre five acre garden. I said, well, oh, so what sort of things do you have there? So what, uh, I said, do, you, do you have any boundary hedges? You've got a wonderful clipped yew hedge. <laughs> I said, oh, clipped. did you put it in yourself? Oh, no, it's been there for about 600 years. Oh, how tall is it then? She's about 10 foot. And I then took her around her garden, and she described to me all the things she had in her garden. And her friend, who initially was looking a bit scant, suddenly caught on what I was doing. And so, because her back was turned to her friend, grinned. And I said, right. You claim that bonsai is unnatural and it shouldn't be allowed. But yet, you have a 600-year-old hedge that's only 10, 12 foot high. You have a walled garden where you strap trees to the walls with wires and turn them into fan or espalier shapes. Mm. You have a meadow that you, you shave every week, not allowing the wild flowers to grow and develop. You dig up tubers from the vegetable patch skin them, chop them into <laughs> finger legs and drop them into boiling oil to make chips. You prune your roses, you prune all your other plants. That's hardly natural. As I've got no objection to people not liking bonsai, that's fine, but at least base your assumption on fact rather than presumed fact. And I've never seen anyone doing Miss Piggy head toss so brilliantly as this woman. She just twirled her head round shook it up in the air, turned around on her heel and stormed out of the shower so she without saying a word. Oh, damn, right? I was going to say, oh, no. wouldn't it be delicious if her she'd friend. walked out having bought Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, that was never going to happen. But her friend watched her go out, turned back and he went, thank you. Wow. I've waited 25 years for someone to do that. <laughs> Just, more than welcome, <laughs> me and my privilege. Um, and so what is the history of bonsai? It started over 2,000 years ago in China. It was a time when there's lots of warlord activity going on and one clan of warlords would fight another clan and the poor peasants in the middle, so the warlord would help to one war, get beaten or win and then come back and each time they went backwards and forwards, the peasants were in the middle getting trampled on. And it, I think it was a sort of some form of Buddhism where they would see things in nature and sort of contemplate and reflect and meditate on them. And they would see these plants that were growing in difficult scenarios, inaccessible places. They couldn't grow to their full extent. They were being, had rocks fall on them, goats were eating them, the wind was blowing them into weird shapes. And the quality they admired was the fact that no matter what nature threw at them, they kept on going, they kept on coming back every year with fresh leaves, flowers and fruit. So what they used to do was collect them. And because they only had small root balls because of where they were growing, they would have a pot that was just big enough put it under the plant to hold it and then occasionally bring it in to meditate on thinking we must be more like these plants yeah so when stuff happens just bounce back if you can and then just carry on well 
there was a point when all the ones that were easy to collect had been collected and people started falling off mountains and mm. inaccessible places and diminishing returns that's where, that's, that's where that started so they thought right is there a way we can copy what nature does without having to abseil 3,000 feet down a mountain to pick one up so that's how they then developed the, the, the bonsaiing techniques right? That was then taken up by Japan when it invaded China at a later date. Then when Japan left again and took it back to Japan, they developed their own style. So there was two distinct styles, the Chinese and the Japanese. And then Japan at the Great Exhibition and during Victoria's reign brought some over. Yeah. And what they brought over were their native plants that they had bonsai. So that was Japanese maple, white pine, black pine, red pines, junipers mainly. People looked, admired, were in awe, because yeah. some of these trees were three or four hundred years. Wow. Um, but the assumption was, if it wasn't one of the aforementioned plants, then it couldn't be a bonsai. And it's really only in the past thirty or forty years that, I mean, those that were in the know knew, but the general public now accept. Yes, you can do laburnum, you can do sycamore, <laughs> you can do rosemary. And the laburnum would flower. That one's just oh, finished flowering. Yeah. I'm just pointing out the window now. <laughs> <laughs> You're good at this. Yeah. <laughs> Could you argue then that the technique of bonsai was initially a spiritual practice? That idea of meditating on... I think that's how it started. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I get people coming in here and they put their arms, hands together as if they're in prayer and they bow yeah. and call me all sorts of Japanese names which I don't understand. Yeah. I said, no. That's, that's not me, I'm a gardener, I like gardening. And that's my entree into this. Right, yeah, I was going to ask. I mean, before we get onto your background, for you personally, because, it was, you know, it's such a commitment. <laughs> this. Uh, Why do you say that? Well, a beautiful, like, a you know, it's a passion, but I, yeah. there are, it's, I can imagine, as someone that's not very green-fingered, um, there's a lot of time and work and Hardly attention. any. Is there really not? None whatsoever. And nobody, there isn't anyone that can't be yeah. taught. You say you're bad with plants. You're not, it's just you haven't been taught. Yeah. Once you realise that different plants like different conditions. That's the key. First of all, sort out where you would like a plant. Yeah establish what the conditions are. Is it inside? Is it outside? Is it warm, cold, sunny, shady? Do you want something that's a lot of work that needs that's going to dry out a lot or are you quite happy to do the work and you don't mind? Choose a plant that fits your lifestyle, that fits the conditions you have. Then all you've got to do is water it when it's dry, give it half a turn once a week so it gets equal growth. That's it. If you've chosen the right one from the very outset, it's a doddle. Bonsais are exactly the same, that's why I don't sell online. I need to talk to people and make sure they're not walking out with something that's totally wrong for them. If you haven't got a garden, don't do a pine, don't do a maple, don't do a giant redwood or a ginkgo, because they're going to die inside, which is why we don't grow Christmas trees indoors, because they need to be outdoors. Can you give us the example of the tree that someone had had for a week? Oh, that one. Yes, certainly. <laughs> Just because I think for listeners, it's mm. a really good example of... How stupid people can be. How stupid people can be. The need for common sense. And if you're a bit confused, ask. Yeah, right. I had a lady customer come in and she took great pains in saying that she would belong to the RHS, the Royal Horticultural Society. 
so I didn't really need to explain too much to her because she was quite, you know, au fait with growing stuff. She bought a tree. I gave her the instructions, gave her the Latin name, the English name, so if she wanted she could do a bit of research. And within a week she brought it back and every single leaf was hanging from each twig and branch, black like a dead fruit bat in miniature. And I sort of said, well, what have you done? She said, I did everything correct. I did everything it said in your leaflet. I said, well, you've only had it a week. And these that kept were the same batch, mine are fine. So what have you done that was different to what I've been doing to cause that to happen? She said, I followed it. Every line in your care leaflet, I followed. I said, okay, let's go through it then. So we went through it twice, line by line, and I couldn't figure out exactly what was going on. And then third time round, you know, I was getting to the watering section where I'd written, if you haven't got access to rainwater, use boiled tap water. And that's because it takes away some of the, uh, the calcium and makes the, the water less hard, yeah. less chalky. And I looked at it and a horrible thought struck me. And I thought, she can't have done it. <laughs> so I said, um, what I'm about to ask you is actually quite patronising and I do apologise now. When you watered it, did you use rainwater or did you use boiled water? She said, well, I used boiled water. I said, right, this is the tricky one. Um, did you let it cool? She said, said nothing about that in the leaflet. I said, but you, know, you poured boiling water over your tree. And she went, well, I thought it was odd at the time. Oh, as, as she heard the faint scream I of know. the tree. She said, but then I thought maybe this is how you kept them small. Oh. I said, what, like boiling oh. a woolly jumper? So that, you, you belong to the RHS, you know all about plants. What? She, yes, she said. I know all about plants, but I know nothing about bonsais. Uh, they are the same thing. And this is the mistake that we're all making, isn't it? Everyone assumes that bonsais is specific. Yeah, yeah, and it's not at all. No. So how did you get into this beautiful business? Um, well, I spent the first half of my working career working as an actor. Yeah didn't become a star, which horrified me. Mm. I thought it was so unjust. Mm. And I was babysitting someone's house while they went away on holiday here in Brighton. I'd done shows at the Theatre Royal before and uh, a friend of mine who had been in Joseph popped down and spent a weekend here. And because I was out of work, he said, listen, I, there's a place around the corner. It's got a unit up for rent. Why don't you come and open a business here? I said, doing what? To do your bonsai. I said, oh, don't be stupid. I said, what do I know about business? I've never done... I've, I've never... So you'd already had an interest in bonsai? Oh, since I was about five. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Why? What was it? That the beano. <laughs> had said, the way to make bonsai is to scoop out half an orange, yeah. put some soil in half in the cup of the, yeah. the peel, plant a seed, and all the roots that come through you cut off with a sharp pair of scissors, and that's how you make bonsai. And so did you make your first bonsai at five? Don't be silly, it was absolute rubbish. <laughs> but you had the oh, inclination. I, well, I, I tried, and when it all went horribly wrong, as it, anyone with any imagination would have realised, I sort of went to the library and yeah. there was a book, and it, oh, that, the, the Beano was wrong, you know. <laughs> Shock horror. That's when I grew up, I think. <laughs> and so me and my brother used to go to a local disused quarry and yeah. collect bits. Mother wasn't too keen, so we used to plant them in her hedge that she oh. yeah, and not say anything <laughs> and years later when I'd sort of grown up and left home and went back to visit yeah. she said I don't know how these plants got into my hedge 
It was all nice for Scythia flowering currant. Now there's goat willow and hawthorn. Didn't, I've never owned up. Really? No. No. Sleeping dogs lie. It, I was trying to think back when did I first see a bonsai, and I feel like it might have been on like the karate kid. Ah. Or something. I'm sorry, I'm sorry if that's but... the word of his bard <laughs> in the shop. But there was something. Oh, it's you know it just. It, there's something about bonsai, isn't there, that captures the imagination, and it, it's yeah. that the, the the magical nature of something that's miniature but perfectly uh, formed. Yeah. Where if you have no scale to reference, you can look at a photograph yeah. and think that's just a full-grown tree. What's special about that? Yeah. And it's not until you see the cigarette lighter lying beside <laughs> it. Oh my God! It's only two foot high. But what I love about this, it's it's one of those hobbies where women and men yeah. are equally as good. Mm. You're you're only as limited as your own imagination, and it's not that strenuous. And people said to me, when are you going to retire? I said, well, I'm going to carry out in a box. Because, mm. you know, why would I want to retire? You know, it's, um, it's not hard work. You said yes to that unit then, that your friend Yeah, because I, I felt really embarrassed because he was quite hurt that I sort of Initially kind it. of yeah. poo-pooed it up. Yeah. yeah. I said, well, I'll give it a go. Yeah. And I then, the house I was babysitting, they had a spare room. Yeah. So I stayed there for a year while I was running that shop. But it was at the back of an arcade and it was, I mean, it was, it was ticking over. And then in 93, this shop became available. Yeah. Took me a year to get in, but yeah, that was it. People could see I was here. Yeah, People, exactly. I had a window you, on you the want, street. Yeah, you know, you so passing traffic, don't you? Yeah. And I've been here ever since. Do you find that this profession, are you continually learning? Like, what is it yeah. that keeps you going? Oh, rent. Rates. <laughs> uh, the more you practice, the better you get. I like plants. I like trying new plants. What will that work? How will that do? And people bring their trees to me to be done, which is quite nice. And I love it when they bring something in and say, "Oh, can you do something with this?" It's just grown into a complete mess. And then you—it's a bit like a hairdresser having someone come in with the most awful yeah. head of hair. And then you turn it into something really nice and yeah. attractive. And then they come in and go, is that mine? I said, yeah. <gasps> Lovely. Aww. No, and then, because you can teach them. You say, right, this is what I've done, blah, 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 blah. And that's why I do it on Facebook as well. I video so yeah. before, during, and after shots sometimes. Anyone can do it. it. Don't be frightened. And yes, you're going to make mistakes to start with. But try it on something cheap, you know. Just mm. go to Sainsbury's, buy a pomegranate, plant a seed. Let it grow and then shape it. The thing that had really drawn me to your shop was when I was walking by and you've got that lovely kind of banner that explains mm -hmm. things, and it was that you do a babysitting service. Ta-da! And oh, are they the oh, the visitors? Today's holidays. Can you tell us who's here? Who's here? <laughs> God, two chi no, a chi uh, one, two, three Chinese elms, one elephant bush, a bougainvillea, and three of a thousand stars. Oh, that's a fancy name. Sounds beautiful. Uh, Gets little white flowers, oh. hence tree of a thousand stars. Yeah. If ever I want to sell a tree to a lady... <laughs> Am I just falling through all this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I say Sirisa fetida, so-called fetida because it actually smells a bit when you crush the leaves. What, fetid? Yeah. Oh, hence the name. Right. Or do I say, oh, this is called tree of a okay. thousand stars. I'm not going <laughs> to... 
<laughs> and are these all outdoor trees? Um, well, it depends. The Chinese elm mm. can grow outside, yeah. but you need to protect the roots from frost. Right. The elephant bush, which is from the edges of the desert in South Africa, needs to be baked because it's a succulent yeah. and it can't take frost at all. So it can go out for the summer, but you have to bring it in for the winter. Yeah. Uh, Chinese elms can go inside or outside. This is what I call the bridging trees. that can go indoors or out. Bougainvillea, like you see in the Mediterranean, yeah. that has to go in a nice sunny spot outdoors for the summer. Right. Then in the winter, bring it in where it's light but cool to cold. Let it go a bit dry. Let the leaves fall off. Yeah. Water enough to keep it ticking over because mm -hmm. that will help initiate the bud set for next year. Mm. And tree of a thousand stars, which everybody loves. The stinky one. <laughs> the stinky one. <laughs> the farty one. That uh, does well on an east-facing window. A cool to medium temperature range. Um, but it doesn't like radiators because it dries the leaves out too quick. And do you find that a lot <clears> of people do take you up on the babysitting service? Not as many as should. Mm. Um, there's a what, terrible affliction called flatmateitis or parentitis <laughs> or spouseitis, which if a plant subjected it to, it, it just dies. Because when you leave it with somebody else to, to look after, if it's not part of their normal routine, the first time they remember is the day before the person comes back. Because yeah. then they think, oh, so-and-so's back. Oh, bugger, the tree. Yeah. And then I get the phone call. Have you got a tree exactly the same as this? <laughs> no, I only sell live ones, I'm sorry. <laughs> as a musical theatre actor, do you like to sing to your trees? No. <laughs> you sure? You're absolutely positive. <laughs> I mean, I'm weird enough as it is for me to start doing that as well. Good Lord. But do you speak to them? No. So this stuff that people I, always I've say... I've got over like, 200. I know you have. Like, obviously people can't see this but the back garden we've got rammed. two layers is rammed full of just beautiful lush green trees all miniature um, and we're gonna head out there I get people coming and stroking them how weird is that because they're, they're mini tree huggers oh I know see I, I mm. put your hands on a tree no. well, you, well, you, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah a big one perhaps yeah but when you get running their hands <laughs> through a bonsai you, come on get your mitts off no, I think if someone's prepared to talk to their tree or plant, well, A, they're breathing out carbon dioxide a little bit, which is good for the plant. Yeah. If they're actually oh, prepared to talk to a plant, yeah. they're going to make damn sure it's watered. That's true. And fed and looked after. That's true. Because if you're that weird about plants, <laughs> you're going to cater to its every woman need, aren't you? Because it's like your pet or your friend. Oh, God, that's sad. Is it? Yeah. Is it, though? Like a pet, maybe the bug is similar. <laughs> or you can have a pussy willow. <laughs> Go on, let's have a look outside. Let's go. Right, now, um, normally I don't let oh. anybody outside. Oh, wait, let me just put the old... Um, the apparatus on. Apparatus on. And I always like to loop this round here. Why wouldn't you? I know, doesn't it look great? Oh, what a look. <laughs> that could really catch on, you know. <laughs> Um, so why do you not normally let people well, go I've outside? I've got some blackbirds nesting. Oh, have you? I think they're on their second brood. So we've got to be sensitive. I wouldn't play your trumpet, I just leave, leave the trumpet <laughs> on the desk. Right, we're now heading out into the back garden. Where would you like to start? Um, have you got a favourite tree here? Um, 
the one that fills you with the most pride, I suppose, in your work? Not really, because they're all at different stages. Mm -hmm. They're all attractive at varying times of the year. But I think one of the ones that's worked really well for me is, um, he says, pulling a pot off the shelf, is this edible fig plant. <laughs> now, it's in a very tall cylindrical pot. And when you look at it, there's a big rock yeah. in it that rises up out of the soil. And the fig tree has its roots growing over the rock and in the cracks before it enters into the soil that's in the pot. Um, the trunk comes up and then, as you have it facing you, it travels to the right and then dips back down in front of the rock and just below the, the rim of the pot. And this is called cascade style. Oh, okay. So there's lots of different ways of doing it. And this is grown from a cutting. So that's that one. That's quite a nice shape. Oh, and are they little raspberries? No, that's mulberry. Oh, mulberry. There you go. The first one of the can season. I you can have that. Thank you. And you know I was telling you about the... Um, oh, it's lovely. It's nice and sweet. Mm. It's like a bit like a raspberry. You'll have blue lips for the rest of the day now. Lucky me. This is the... You know mm. the pomegranate? Yes. This is a Sainsbury's pomegranate. stands about five, six inches tall. It's got a nice curvy trunk and it was a seed in 2010, but it's only just slightly taller than the palm of my hand. Because I've had it in a very small pot, it's not yeah. grown very big. Planting them in the ground and allowing the roots to develop means mm. you get a bigger plant that way. What's the oldest you've got? This one, Chinese juniper. Right. Now, you told me about the ivy. Oh, look at the roots. And that's called root exposed style because half the height of the plant is, you've got the trunk coming halfway yeah. down and then you've got the roots emerged so half the, the what would normally be the base of the trunk is just a, a massive root then you've got the trunk pop proper appearing halfway up the height and then the branches spread in wide to form a canopy and it can function well with having its roots exposed it's well don't forget there are roots underneath underneath well. yeah and it's been in there for 15 years yeah. so and it's doing fine yeah it's yeah doing really well um how old were you did you say that this chinese juniper 67 67 started by mr north in 1951. He also did that um, wisteria, that mm -hmm. big one there, and then that 63-year-old yew tree. It's beautiful, that one. And when he went into a care home, he wasn't able to take them with him. So he contacted me mm. and said, would I buy four or five of his trees? I said, well, it depends how much you want for them. He told me, I passed out. <laughs> <laughs> but we, had, we, we came to an agreement and uh, I've had them ever since. So this is it. You never own one because no. they live for so long. It's, um, it's something you then pass on to somebody else, like a, a yeah. relay race. And if you can give it to a relative, then it can literally become a family tree yeah. and go down through oh, that's four or five, maybe six, seven generations. So what is there a... It might be a stupid question, but is there a limit to how old a bonsai can be? Could become? Well, yeah, there, there is a limit to what age any plant can get yeah. to. But plants that are bonsai exceed that by 20%. Through the bonsai techniques, you're generating new growth both in the top and in the roots. Yeah. So it's juvenile growth that you're replacing mm -hmm. the older growth with over a period of time. Is there a community of bonsai Rife. growers? What would you call yourself? A bonsai, a bonsai hobbyist. Bonsai well, hobbyist. Obviously and is it like an international? Like Everybody does it. There are bonsai societies. Yeah. There are bonsai shows. There are bonsai conventions. Like with any other hobbyist, yeah. you know, there are, there are people who go around the world. A friend of mine 
um, was a director of the biggest bonsai company in Britain until she and her husband retired. They now live on the Isle of Wight. She goes to Chelsea and one of the, is one of the judges for Chelsea bonsai section. She goes to China to teach the Chinese how to do bonsai. She tours all the local clubs and societies, and, and nationally as well. Um, yeah, it's like anything else. It's, yeah. it's like painting. It's like, I don't know, sculpting. Yeah. It, it, it's, one of, it's one of the art forms that people take great pleasure in. And they're like learning from people who are better at it than they are. I mean, I'm... Like people come in and say, oh yeah, but you're an expert. I say, I'm not. I say, but in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. Mm. You know, yeah, I know more than mm. a lot of people that come into the shop. Yeah. But compare me with the experts. <laughs> nah. Do you have a bonsai that you covet and that you desperately want to have? No. I, I can honestly say, because I'd, I'd, be, I'd be scared witless. If it's a tree that's four or five hundred years old, right. and you think, oh, sugar. It's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. So you see, the ones I do are mine, and if the frost does one or two off, then, oh, that's, that means I've got more space. I yeah. can put another one in. But if it was something really special, then, nah, it would, I think it would take the pleasure out of it. Yeah. You know, I'd, be, I'd be too worried all the time. And can you tell us the, um, the difference between the trees that we have up on this level mm-hmm. and then in the basement level, what we've got down there? The ones that like the most sun I have on, on the, the section that's in front of us and then on the wall behind us, which faces east, I've got the, some of the things like the maple, the hornbeam, uh, that prefer slightly shadier conditions. And when it's flowering time, can you describe what you would typically see? Um, typically see, well, for example, the roses are now in bloom. So that's... Gorgeous. That's that one. Yeah. And I've got some more flower buds there coming through. Now that stands slightly shorter than my forearm. So it's what, 10 inches mm. tall with a rock. Flat, very frilly roses. Beautiful uh, red. Is a bonsai rose different from a miniature rose? The one you were looking at now is yeah. actually a miniature rose. It is a yeah. miniature rose. Because you're not changing it genetically no. when you bonsai something. So the flowers and the leaves will be the same size. And that's, oh, that's an oh, orange. Tiny little yeah. orange. And there's a lemon just past it, just coming in. You see the pink flower buds just through there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's coming through. Oh. Uh, this is Styrax japonica, this one. Beautiful. Which is now in flower, which has almost like a, f- a white fuchsia-like flower. Um, what else? Do does have, like, jasmine? Winter jasmine, which has yellow flowers. And one that hasn't been bonsai, that thug that's in the corner, which has taken over the whole back wall. <laughs> that's uh, a white jasmine. Is that a clematis? Yeah, but it's not bonsai, it's right. just background cover. Uh, hydrangea. Mm-hmm. You see the flower buds forming on that one. This, before the leaves Ooh. were stripped off by sparrows, <laughs> is a sage. Wow. Just going to see how I can smell it. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, but if you like smells, try this one. Um, Have a rub on that and tell me what is it in the sweet shop that that reminds you of? Lemon sherbet boiled sweet. Correct. I can see the sweet now. Yeah. Glossy and yellow. Wrapped in cellophane. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, lemon verbena. 
Apparently you can make tea out of it. I was going to say, I yeah. think I've had tea. Yeah. I think I've gone to a cafe once. They didn't have mint, so they said, oh, do you want... Verbena. Yeah, yeah, so they went out into the garden and got some. And there was a chef in the other day and says you can make... Um, oh, if you yeah. make your syrup of sugar and water, yeah. with a handful of leaves, and just let it infuse, and then strain it, you can then pop it in the freezer, and when it's nearly set, whiz it all up to yeah. make uh, water ice, like a sorbet. Oh. Says, and it's lovely. Yeah. Is there anything that I haven't asked you about bonsai that I should? Yes. The question you should ask me is, are bonsais difficult? Are bonsais difficult? I'm glad you asked me that. <laughs> no. <laughs> so they don't argue much. They're just easy, chilled. Easy. The hardest bit is choosing the right one. But once you get that right, as I said earlier on, if you get it right, it's so easy. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely tempted. And that, that five-year-old boy, do you think he'd have believed that this would be your life, your business? God, no. <laughs> Never in a month of Sundays. Though, weirdly, when I was at um, grammar school, we were sent to do uh, an assessment on what profession, career, mm. you would be best suited for. The two that came up were theatre and market gardening. I mean, I hadn't heard about bonsais in those days. So it was either horticultural or theatre. And Spot on. Who knew? I mean, I always, I always knew about theatre because that's what I've always wanted to do. Yeah. And I enjoyed gardening, but how, how can you make a career out of gardening? Yeah, and here you are. I know. 28 years after that. It's just... Do you get as much pleasure from gardening as you did in theatre? Or is it just very different? It's different. I mean, mm. I used to collect plants when I was in theatre touring. Mm. Did you? Oh, yeah. So what, where would you put them? Well, who would babysit your plants? Well, I, I always made sure I had a flatmate because yeah. I had a two-bedroom flat and then they would have written instructions for each windowsill <laughs> about what plants needed watering when. It was very disheartening when you come back and realise they did a better job of it than you oh. did. Yeah, didn't like that. Um, oh, no, no. It was, I always had a plant of some description on my makeup spot in the dressing rooms. Could have been an orchid. Yeah. Could have been a, I once travelled with a palm tree and we were travelling from Glasgow down to, I think it was Nottingham. And we knew that the, the restaurant car would, would stop about 10 minutes out of Glasgow. Yeah. And we had the whole day ahead. So we, everyone made a meal of some description, like meatballs or yeah. cold chicken. And we got the cutlery, we got the, the tablecloths, we got the glasses, we got the wine. And we waited until they announced that the thing was closing the restaurant car was closing and everyone's trooping back and then we did out all the tablecloths on our tables and we had the wine the cheese board the fruit bowl the palm tree <laughs> i was carrying and it looked like a mini restaurant and the look on their faces they clutched their maxi cups in the cling film wrapped sarnies see wonderful you, so you say that the people that talk to their plants or stroke the trunk are, are weird but actors aren't weird they're insane <laughs> Well, thank you so much for sharing the world pleasure. of bonsai with me. Thank you very me. much. Wonderful. Thank you.